Hi, my name is Diewald Kirsten and I'm a photographer based in South Africa. I've always had a huge passion to connect with people from all walks of life. And the national lockdown has forced me to do that. I've had to come up with new and interesting ways of connecting with friends and connections and people that I've always wanted to connect to. Hence, this podcast. I'm doing daily live shows on my Facebook page where I talk to new and interesting people. And these I will be converting to podcasts that you can listen to on your own time. So please stick around and uh, love to hear your feedback. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another Lockdown Live. Um, right, so this afternoon I've got a really special guest. Um, I'm going to be chatting to Marcel Hopkins. Marcel is a well-renowned South African international model. And not just any model, she's a curve model as well. And um, But I don't want to talk about that really today with her. If, if the topic comes up, it comes up. But um, we're going to chat a little bit about a couple of other things. So um, I think it's going to be quite cool. And she's also the new presenter for Boerschuke Fro. Um, and um, that's quite a big achievement for, for Marcel and... If I can, I'll just maybe touch on that, but again, not in the normal one that I would like to talk about. So, right, so let's see if we can get Marcel on here in a second. The chat has been doing really well. I got some nice uh, feedback from a couple of people, and um, yeah, I'm trying to schedule some interesting people to chat to. Hopefully, um, coming up the rest of this week, I've got some interesting people. Right, so let's see. Here's Marcel. Hello. So how are you? Can you my where? Eggwario. Eggwario. Yay, there we go. How are you? And you, Paul van Drie. I don't know if you know the third swingerskap until the end. I don't know if you know the third swingerskap. But I can't forget that I can't forget that I can't forget Definitief net twee kinders en ek was dus oukai nie cool en iwers hier teen die einde te sien dat ek nie waag hier is baba nommer 3 op pad. Ja, dit was dit was 'n bietjie van 'n skrik gewees. Ehm onbepland, maar wel sy is hier so, sy moet groot kom en ons is lief haar so ja, wat kan ons doen? Ah, kan jy groe baba van 3 dogterkies? Ja. Ja, ons sit maar hulle moet maar ryk mans kry in dag. Ja, is ons aan, is ons, go, go, go. Ons is live. Okay, great, okay, yeah. cool, awesome. Gaan ons, gaan <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you get a lot of re- these requests. Uh, have you been, has people been asking you to come on live with them? No, I've just had a lot of requests of people asking me to post my home workout videos, which puts a lot of pressure on me. Because <laughs> I, we kind of, my boyfriend and I kind of improvise every morning and we, we, we make turns with, with who's going to work out the, the workout. And then people are asking me to post what I'm eating every day. And I'm like, 
guys, like uh, it's also, it's so natural and intuitive what we want to eat. So that's the only pressure I'm experiencing at the moment. Well, that's, a, that, that's not, not a bad thing. So you can, you can. No, I mean, I, we've, I've posted the work that like, I think I've been posting some of the workout videos and the feedback I got was very good. And I think it's just, people want inspiration. We want ideas. We get bored with our own little workout routine. So if I can inspire and help five people to be more active during this time, then it's wonderful. But I am not so confident to post what I'm eating every day. I think then it becomes a bit of personal intrusion for me. So there I can give some advice in terms of what's, what's healthy snacking, what's not. But then I think we all know yeah. how to snack healthily or not. You just kind of sometimes want someone to kind of police you and say, just a reminder, you should not do this or that or that. But in this time, I think we should be kind to ourselves and allow ourselves the extra snack or the extra piece of chocolate. Mm. Um, it's, it's the only way we're going to get through this <laughs> by surviving and eating our way through it. And then afterwards, we can go back to gym and being more, more disciplined, I think. Are you, are, you, are you recording your workouts to repurpose them later on? I post them. So I, I did one super informal one one morning. And then people say, please, can you save it? Please, can you save it? So I put it on my Instagram story highlight. So if okay. people wanted to go, go check it out. And uh, we, we, took, we took a break over the weekend, but I'll be posting in the week again, probably tomorrow and, and what's today, Tuesday. Thursday. I lose track of the days of the week. Yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Just, just a um, interesting fact. I've been in lockdown since basically 15 March. So yes. I arrived back from New York on Sunday, 15 March, and on that same night, um, the president announced the first set of rules that they yes. put out, which was the social social distancing and less than I think it was a hundred people but I was kind of forced into self-isolation already. So my lockdown total at this moment, if it's not extended, is going to be 32 days. Okay. So I've been in this a long time. So I think I'm a few, because they say it's like a whole process of grief and, you know, it's first denial and anger and all these interesting steps you go through. I think I'm like over all of those things. So I'm just kind of enjoying it at this point yeah. point in time. Um, you, where you, I think some people are still going through the anger and the frustration part now, which I've, I've been, I was there last week. Yeah, because so the, now I'm just kind of taking it in my stride. Yeah, because normally now you would have been like super busy all over the place. So it's a, a with this impacts every single business on every single level ever out there. Karen, yeah. Karen went to the doctor for a checkup now this morning and even even he's impacted. He's a doctor, but he can't see any new patients. Um, he, can, he can only service existing um, girls that was pregnant before this started. He can't take, in any, take on any new patients at this stage because no elective surgery is, is um, allowed. And even if I took, she, she drove through on her own this morning, if I had to go with, I had to wait in the car. I was not allowed to go into the hospitals. Only one person. So, and friends of ours, her brother had their first baby now this week, last week. He was not, because that was a Durbanville Medic Clinic and there was already active corona cases there. 
the dad was not allowed to be in, in the hospital at all. She had to give birth on her own. No. She had to stay there on her own the whole time. So it's, it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. And how, but how would they go about if, I mean, people fall pregnant now, which I believe they will. For sure. Um, but there's this funny joke that goes around that all people that fall pregnant now, it will be firstborns. It will not be people with kids. But you have kids already. But I mean, how would that be if lockdown would be extended? I mean, they would have to go to gynecologist at some point. And if people can't take new patients, I mean, that's a very tricky situation. Yeah, normally I think the first the first couple of weeks up until I think the 13 week um until you need to do your 13 week scans and everything you can do everything from home they can because you it's mostly blood tests that gets done and mm-hmm. the the scan that the doctor does is he, he basically just check if there's heartbeat um mm-hmm. if there's one or if there's two um those kind of things so they will probably get a paper sent to path care where they can go and just get the blood work done um so sure. I, I, I presume that's what they will have to do. And as soon as everything's lifted, then they should be able to come in again. Mm, mm. <clears throat> no, I had a conversation with a friend from UK and they only announced it now, but they're three months pregnant. And okay. I was just, it was one of those days, it was last week. So I was very frustrated and angry and you feel um, like you want to project anger on other people and and as if it's their fault and I had this conversation with her and her telling me she's pregnant and the stress that they've been going through because obviously the first three months is a very um it's 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 a a a tricky time like it's when you know it's kind of the make or break and just how stressful it was for them to not go out and I mean in the UK it's more difficult people live in apartment blocks so it's not you need you need to get in the lift, you need to tra- uh, press buttons, you need to open doors. Like there's just so many um, extra points of contact. But all is good. The baby is healthy. Apparently the baby is super relaxed because they call yeah. it a quarantine baby now. <laughs> and it was just, it was such an important thing for me to talk to someone else because it just helped me focus on someone else's um, stress and what they've been going through because yeah. we can become quite self-consumed with our own frustration and my projects that's not working out and my work that's being on, put on hold. And then if you talk to other people, you kind of realize it's okay. I mean, she's pregnant. She's going through this very stressful time. Mm-hmm. I think it's such a beautiful time in your life to be pregnant and they can't even do a gender reveal. And she's <laughs> one of those people where she loves, she would love to celebrate a gender reveal and they can't do it now. So I just feel so sorry for her, but I mean, hopefully they can have a big gender reveal with the second baby then. Yeah. But it's like Emily's birthday. Emily's birthday is on the 10th of May. Mine is on the 25th of April now in two weeks time. And if we get extended by anything, I probably won't be able to have any friends over for mine. I'll have to. And and Emily has got this whole big. She wants a color run party, so. Shine. But but we but she understands she understands everything. So we said to her, right, if if it comes to if push comes to shove and we're not allowed to have parties or get-togethers or anything yet, which I prob- it's probably going to be like that. Um, then we'll have we'll do a birthday party later the year. Yes. Yeah. Oh, One of those things. They're so little, and then birthday parties are really big. So I can assume it's very disappointing for her. Yeah, uh, normally it is. But yeah, 
Renee, Renee just talks about the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> it must be interesting to, to, to see how a little child understands this and how they kind of make sense of it. Um, I don't know, how do you find it? How, how does your kids make sense of this situation? Look, we, we, I've always, with, with whatever we discuss with them, I'm, I tell them the truth. I'm not going to joke mm. around or tell them a lie about something that's not true. Because one day they will remember, because Emily is seven now, she will remember that kind of stuff. So mm. I say to them, it's a dangerous thing. If, um, like, Opa can't come, come visit, he's got to stay at home because he's had a heart attack before. He can, he, and I say to him, he, he can die because if, if he gets this. So we need to be careful. They can't go play. Well, they can play outside. I've got a big yard, but they can't walk down to the shop anymore um, or any of those kind of things. And and I think they they understand it to a point. Um, Emily is better yeah. than what Renee is. Renee is four, so she doesn't care what happens. <laughs> She's like, my parents are home all the time. Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it gets, they get on our nerves, I can tell you that. Well, at least once a day they separate it into their two rooms and there they've got oh, to really? keep themselves busy for however long we decide. And then they're fine again for like two or three hours and then we've got to intervene and figure something else again. But that, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> my only responsibility is my cats. Yeah, I and that. I must say, in a time like this, it's actually great to have... Um, just somewhere that's kind of like keeping you busy and keeping your attention, um, like they keep you busy in another way to focus on them and their little silly stuff. And I think they absolutely love it for us to be home because, I mean, I was gone for a month and Andre works from 8 to 5. Yeah. So they were only used to seeing people in the morning and, the, and late afternoon. So they're super busy, but I think it's going to be a big change for them when we suddenly start working again which I hope is soon, but yeah. I mean, let's see. I think the biggest thing for people, I think the biggest challenge at this point is not, I mean, of course the virus and getting the vaccine and figuring it out, but I think it's the uncertainty for yeah. everyone, not knowing how long this is going to still go on. I think last week I spoke to my mom and I said, I mean, if I had to stay positive for another two weeks and we do the 21 days and I do the 32 days, it's totally fine. I can keep myself like amped and I'll stay positive. But the whole thing about or around, well, we don't know how long still, mm. that's where the whole demotivation or like being a bit demoralized comes in. Um, but let's see. I mean, I'm staying positive. The thing is just what's, What's very um, prominent to me is in a country like South Africa, if we, if we keep on extending this lockdown, so many people are not going to have food or money and there's going to be more people dying of hunger than yeah. from coronavirus. So there's, there's so many things that we need to look at. And I mean, I'm super grateful that I'm not in one of those high positions to make these difficult decisions because it's kind of, Biki van Ian and Biki van Aner. So I mean, in no way it's an easy decision, and I and I have great respect for the president for the measures he has put in place up until this point. And I think he he's going through a hell of a time to make decisions at this point. Yeah, and it's also we can we can be glad that we haven't got Zuma still 
at leading it. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> that's a that's an interesting topic. But, but but yeah, one of the questions I said just how is this how is this whole thing impacting your your income or your business? Let me put it that way, because you're like running your own little thing. Mm. So I was. I filed for my, my American work visa last year, which costs, and I'm honest about it because I, I want people to know, my work visa cost me 45,000 rand. Um, and then you get it for three years, but it's a very long process to apply for this. So the whole visa process took me 10 months. So it was my dream to go to America and go live the model dream there. Um, I always said before I have babies one day, it's kind of on my bucket list. So I filed for that in August, and two months later, I was um, chosen as the new uh, presenter of Fusha Kefrau. Yeah. So I had to keep it a secret for very long. So it was quite an interesting time for me going, wow, two of my biggest dreams came true. And with the news, or like with this, the shoot schedule of Fusha Kefrau, I only had a two-month gap to go to New York. So paid the, you know, like paid the, the plane ticket to go. I was in New York for a month. It was amazing. Things were just starting to pick up, you know, like you start going to castings and boom, the coronavirus kind of hit. And people sent me messages and asked, like, did you know, did you have like inside info about, because I arrived how? back on the 15th of March. But how were you supposed to and get inside info? And I just said, inside? no, sorry. How were you supposed to get inside info? No, I don't know. I don't know. But it was kind of my timing was really good in terms of coming yeah. back. And I just said, no, I just, for me, realistically spoken, I thought New York would go in lockdown within the next two weeks. So I'm quite surprised that South Africa went into lockdown and not New York. And in that sense, I think South Africa is, is um, further ahead because New York is, uh, it's terrible what's going on there. And people are still mm -hmm. not in lockdown. I had a conversation with a friend last night they still can do whatever they want to. Um, if they if they wanted to yes. walk around and do what they want, they could. So, I mean, so I had to come back a month earlier, had to you know, like pay for all those mm -hmm. ticket changes. Also, it's unrealistic for a model to work within the first month. You at least need to stay there for two or three months. So there, was not, there wasn't really time for me to work. So the whole idea around paying 45,000 Rand for a visa to make it back. So I didn't yes. have that opportunity. Not yet. And then coming back, obviously wanting to start with Bouche Kefrau, and I don't want to go into too much detail around no. the shooting schedules, but obviously that is forced on pause at the moment. Um, so, I mean, it's up to when it's legal, again, for us to shoot until we can start, which we, we are planning ahead to, to kind of like, plan around what we think is going to happen, but that's also super uncertain. So I think in a time like this for freelancers, I just want to again realize how important mm. it is to have different income streams. Yes. So luckily I still write a blog once a month that I get paid for. I still see my coaching clients that I get paid for. I still have social media collaborations that I get paid for. I mean, it's not, I'm not going to become rich of it, but at this point, it's at least just covering my basic costs yes. per month. Um, but in terms of modeling and in terms of acting and Bushikafro presenting, that's all on a complete still stand, like um, still stander. <laughs> so I, I had a long conversation with my director, and she said models are freaking out because clients in modeling can pay 
um, they have 90 days to pay. Yes. So if I do a, a job today, I mean, I'm, I've signed a contract that I can only get paid in three months. So obviously a lot of the recent jobs that happened was now in January, February, and models are asking for advance. Um, you can do that. Usually you can ask for money to be advanced and you pay like a little bit of a um, premium. Yeah. So all of the models were freaking out and they were asking for advances and the agency had to at some point say, we can't do this, otherwise we don't have a cash flow. So I think it's a very hard time for freelancers, especially if you're used to living um, uh, on the money that you kind of earn per month. Yes. And I think it's a big realization for people to always have saving money and not to live above your means. Because she said she sat with a lot of models in the, in the past going, you can't wear all these designer clothes and eat at all these expensive restaurants, but it's all for the gram and it's all for the image. And I think a lot of people are going to have a lack of script from this. And it's not, this needs what I don't wish upon it on anyone. I just think a lot of people are going to be way more aware when it comes to working with their money. Yeah, because I've, I've looked at some of these and the the Instagram models and guys and girls. And then some of these people, I think, they I'm sure they don't even own a plate or a cup at home because they never eat at home. It's always in a restaurant. It's and it's not and it's not like going to a coffee shop for a quick coffee. It's like a proper sit down five course, little plated food and everything. And those things are not cheap. So No. And I and I'm pretty sure and you should be able to know this, it's none of that or very few of that will be sponsored by the restaurants or the places that you go to. It, it will be, they, somebody will have to pay for it. Mm. Well, even, I mean, if, I mean, even if you go to a restaurant and they do sponsor you the food, you're still not earning an income from it. No. So yes, okay, you're getting a free meal, but in the end of the month, how are you going to pay your rent? So it's all, once again, for the image of it, like, look, I'm eating at this restaurant, but I'm sometimes just curious how they pay for the actual real, like yes. car and petrol and those kind of things. Um, so I think a lot of it is make believe and now it's going to, reality is going to hit hard, unfortunately. Like I said, it's not something I wish upon anyone. I just think people are going to be more aware of budgeting. Yeah. So your, so when you went to New York, did you go via your current agency or did you go as a freelance basis as a, like a free agent kind of thing and just approach other agencies on that side? So it's an interesting question um, in terms of girls that want to go into modeling. You always have a mother agent. So mine is in Cape Town, Ice Genetics. So they always stay my main um, point of management. And they then place girls at other international agencies. So because you always need to have a mother agent. So New York was always part of the dream and I kind of said at some point in the next two, three years, I'm going to save up enough money and go on my own. And then I was really lucky. End of 2018, a German client flew me to LA and did a beautiful road trip story from LA to Las Vegas. Yeah, and yeah. I had four days before I had to be back in Cape Town for another shoot. And I just decided it's now or never. And I flew to New York. I literally just paid for the ticket from Las Vegas to New York and I stayed there with a friend. And I went to go see agencies there, which Ice Genetics then put up the meetings for me. And then two of the agencies wanted to sign me, and I decided on one because you, of course, can only have one agency in 
a city. You can't have five agencies in New York City. Mm. You could have a different one in LA because then they're kind of not competing with one another. So then I signed with them and that's when we started the visa process, which was in January, we kind of started. So it was 10 months. I only got the visa end of October. So it was a super long process, but now I have it for three years. So as soon as I have a gap again, I'm always back to normal. I know people say it's not going to go back to normal. So I don't know what the correct word is then, but I will definitely go back to New York. I loved it. And I definitely did not have enough time to really to leave a footprint there or really see enough clients. So I was there with an agency which is frustrating because I'm a hustler. Like I would love to do more things and, you know, earn more money in creative ways. But with this specific visa, I'm only allowed to work through state model management, um, which is interesting because if you look at a green card, there's way more, like you can do anything. Mm -hmm. And um, I spoke to a lawyer there, which was quite interesting that a green card would be an option if I do, a, if I build my CV in South Africa, a stronger CV. Um, but I think at this point, only time will tell. Yeah. But, okay. So if you, if you can get a green card, are you guys looking at moving that way? Oh, touchy subject. <laughs> <laughs> only time will tell. Six That's all I'm there, saying. Six so months, yeah. We'll so. see. I mean, it's all very romantic to move to another city and kind of immigrate, but you must have a sense of financial stability and know that at least you are going to earn some money on the other side. Mm. Um, because it's expensive. Oh my goodness. It was so expensive for me. I will give up a meal, but I need to, I'm a coffee snob. Like I need my cappuccino in the morning. So a normal cappuccino. And I mean like a small one is 85 Rand straight. That's what you pay for it. And now, I mean, if I would have bought one now with the whole dollar Rand mm. exchange, it would have been probably over a hundred Rand for a coffee. So you need to be sure that you're going to earn money if you want to spend money in a city like New York. I always thought London was expensive. I mean, I've been traveling to London for the last four years, but New York is on another level for me. Um, at some point, you are forced to stop converting. Otherwise, yeah. you will drive yourself mad. Okay. So, right. So let's get on to one of the other questions I want to ask you. And, and there's a lot of girls mostly girls and some guys out there that's got this dream of becoming a model one day for mm -hmm. whatever it may be. What is the, what is the worst thing about being a model? I think there's two sides to it. So if we, if we look at the freelancing aspect of it, it's, it's nerve wracking very often because you, first of all, I mean, if you want to start modeling, you're going to have to pay at least around four to five grand to have a proper test done to just get you on the books of an agency. So there's already an expense that you, um, that you have. And then, I mean, there's not a lot of girls in South Africa that can do modeling as a full-time job because it's so uncertain. I mean, one month you might work very well and you make good money but then there can be four or five months that you don't work at all, especially in winter time. It's, it's not a very lucrative market. Um, during summer, there's a lot of work because of the European clients. I mean, American clients coming in. So I would say that's the worst thing of modeling that you can't ever have a set pay slip. And that becomes complicated when you want to buy a house yes. one day. 
because um, you can show the bank all your pay slips and go, this is the money I have. I still got way less money than my boyfriend because he has an 85 job. So it's an interesting thing. It's a to never thing. earn a set salary. And then the flips or the other side of it that's not always wonderful is the self-esteem issues that pops up. Because the only way to get work is to go to castings. And I mean, castings can be from 10 girls to I've been to castings where there's 100 girls sitting in the room with you and they're all beautiful and stunning and you sit there asking yourself, how am I, how am I even good enough to cast for this job? How am I even going to p- compete with all these other girls? So you must be really rock solid in that sense to not build your identity on how many jobs I'm getting or how, how, how much clients like me, which is hard. I mean, it's not, I sometimes feel very bad about myself coming home from a casting, but that's why it's so important as a model that I believe that you have different things that keeps you busy and different streams of income to not have all your eggs in one basket. Cause then it's easier to kind of just flick it off your shoulder, go, okay, I didn't get that job, maybe the next one, but there's also other things that I can focus on. I think it's a very scary space to only be a model and base your whole life on that. Because if it, if it's a bad season for you, um, not just financially, but also self-esteem-wise, you're going to be in a very dark place. Yeah, and, and also, um, I, I think they need to work on confidence and try to be unique. Because if, mm-hmm. if you just look like the next blonde girl sitting also at the casting, what's going to make you stand out from them? Um, mm. th- they, the people need to be focusing on being themselves. I, I know you, yeah. and you've always had your way of doing, that made you unique. So, and I think that's what got you where you are today. You built a brand around your uniqueness um, and your personality. It's where the other girls are all looking at other people's Instagrams and they want to be the same and look the same and and all those kind of things. So then they they disappear in a crowd. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard because the thing is you never know what they want. And that's also the thing about you saying, talking about being unique, is to stick to that because hmm. not all clients are going to like that. No. Um, but that's the thing. Like sometimes you walk in, you you look the best you can ever, you know, like your hair is beautiful, your, your skin, everything. And then in the end, and that's the tricky thing, you don't very, very um, uh, small amounts of time you actually get feedback. So you don't get the job and you go, oh my goodness, what's wrong with me? And mm-hmm. in the end, they actually just wanted a blonde girl. It was just the brief went out and the casting director said, you know what, in the end, you know, the, the male lead was uh, dark head, so we want a blonde to contrast it out. You never know, and that's what's tricky, but that's where girls should not stop um, kind of still embracing the uniqueness because eventually a casting director is going to go, oh, I like that. I yeah. like what she's bringing to the table. Um, and, and, and it's but a, we must a, also be realistic. It's There's so many girls that want to be models. Yes. And I always say to girls, Give it a season, try your best, but don't, there's this whole romantic thing about artists living out of their cars and, you know, like <laughs> suffering for art. I'm so not for there's that. I'm all about women empowerment and women earning their own money and building a life for themselves. So give it a go. But if you see at some point, you know, it's not happening for you, maybe try something else. 
not yeah. maybe do you try something else? Yeah, and I think you need to grow a thick skin very quickly with a lot of things. It, it, it's the same. It's the same for our for us as photographers is that we get a lot of people requesting um, wedding packages and shoots and everything, and you send it to them. And if if you're going to lay awake at night worrying about is Sunny Bester from Swellendam, when is she going to reply to my email? <laughs> You're gonna. It's not gonna. You're not gonna work out with this. You need to grow a thick skin, and if they if they do reply, which which doesn't happen often, but they say we found somebody else um, that fits more in our budget or that we like to start, and all you do is just say thanks for getting back to me. I'm sure you're gonna have a fantastic yeah. shoot with them, and yeah. at least you leave sure. on a good foot. So so if you leave on that good foot. If something goes wrong or whatever the story is, they might come back to you and say, right, we really like you or this happened, but you were our second option. Then you can, then you can fit it. But I think if you're going to, if you're going to sit around and worry about what people, why do you, why you didn't get the job, you're going to fall behind. Then you need to pull your finger out your butt and make sure that you work harder to get the next one. And also, mm. and also, and you'll know, you, you need to get one job. And that one job will put you on the map for the next one. Mm. Mm. I actually had a, a coaching session with a client yesterday and we spoke about, so just quickly going back to upcoming models and kind of, mm. you know, what's the worst of modeling, but also just realizing that as you start off as a model, there's often a lot of stuff that you're going to have to do for free because we kind mm. of like build, build, build up until one point. And then of course you get to a point where you go, okay, this is my worth now. I'm not going to work for less than this. Um, but there's also going to be a lot of, um, you know, sacrifices you need to make in the beginning. But the, the biggest thing there, like you said now, is about building contacts. So if a photographer then shot with you or and, and they see the pictures, then in three months' time they go, okay, we really like that girl, so maybe we should book her. So, like you said now, also always being nice and polite, but also sometimes being willing to do something for free. So, in the end, that you can build that contact list. And it's happened so often where I remember I sat in a chair once with a makeup artist and we just had a lovely conversation. I'm a, I love listening. I love asking. And without me knowing, within the two years since I saw her last, she built herself up to be like editor of a magazine. And two years later... We haven't spoken for that whole, whole two years. She contacted me and said, can we shoot you for a cover? Yeah. So it's just about like the human interaction and not sitting in the chair and being on your phone all the time and being, I think it's super rude to not be interested in people. I mean, you read your crowd. Sometimes you get people and you see, okay, they do not want to engage and that's fine. But I think it's such a beautiful opportunity to build a connection with someone, not ever to get something from it, just to get to know someone, have an interesting contact Someone you, because often in this industry you get to do with them again, or you'll meet them again somewhere on a set, and then at least you've built a relationship with them. But that's my whole point behind these conversations that I'm doing. I'm trying to do it with a whole bunch of different people from different walks of life, and it's not about it's not about building more followers for me. It's about just having a good conversation about interesting mm. stuff. Um, mm. And if and, and if somebody can make a connection with you or with me via this or this platform that I'm trying to create, then it's great. It's I've, Then I'm happy. I've already, one of the guys I spoke to earlier, um, Raymond Whittaker, um, he does camera repairs and he works for a lot of the, the photographers in Cape Town. 
And I chat to him and he said to me, he was worried about what is he going to talk about for an hour. And when we said goodbye, it was just over an hour and we could talk oh, more. Wow. And he sent me a WhatsApp yesterday about a, from a guy in Joburg who watched the thing, asking him about advice for his camera and all this wow. kind of stuff. I said, well, th I've, th that's all I needed to. That Great. So, well, so, thank you for creating platforms like this. It's amazing. I'm not always so tech savvy, but um, something that I also just felt on my heart at this point was I had a few conversations on my Instagram around coaching. I'm very also very realistic about the fact that people don't have money to spend on luxuries at this mm -hmm. point, which coaching, you could see it as a luxury. And I just decided there's a few people that I want to coach pro bono that really sent like replied because it was personal conversations I had with some of my followers then. And if I felt like this was really something this person was struggling with, I started coaching pro bono. And for me, instead of sitting here and kind of having to keep myself busy, I just felt, why can't I be, you know, like I can connect with someone. Yeah. I can maybe change one little, make a switch for them. And that's the feedback that I've been getting. And for me, it's been great. Um, just to make a little change or activate someone's brain and just to give them some inspiration or hope again. Um, but, so it's great that there's initiatives to just get people connected. Yeah, but there's, the nice thing about that is, again, you don't necessarily need to say on your feed and, and everything that you're, that you're doing this for free. Mm. The, free. the free arrangement is between the two of you and if that person gets something positive out of this, they could go to their friends or their boss or wherever mm -hmm. saying, you need to speak to Marcel, but mm -hmm. Marcel is going to charge you 1500 Rand for the, for the, for the session. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. th then that pro bono thing didn't go to waste. Well, that's the way I see it. Mm -hmm. So I, of, I also do a lot of free work with a lot of clients, um, but that will, I will choose the clients that I do free work with because yeah, you, you need to do that because if you're going to do, and that's why I've also said this year, I'm not going to sponsor any family shoot for any school or fundraising thing or for, for and, and I used to do that every year, but I've never, ever in the 10 years that I'm doing this had one return client come in from that. Sure. So I would, I would rather do free work for, for a company or a corporate company that I know I could get work for over the next six months. Mm -hmm. Um, mm. while we're working with the client already and he says to me I need this to, to be done quickly and I won't charge him for it because I know I'm getting, I'm getting other work from that again but that's, that's the way yeah. I do my stuff yeah absolutely I mean it's one session and I made it very specific I'm, I'll give you one session for free and if you feel that that's something that you benefit from you can always come back in future um, but for me often giving is also important to the person giving so for me yeah. it kind of keeps me stimulated and like any any skill we have it's good to kind of keep yourself skill fit so that's also important for me at this point um i wanted to say something about something you said now it will probably come back to me yeah um i also wanted to ask you something but i <laughs> 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 um, to, to, okay, to get back to the modeling thing and all that kind of stuff, you've worked with, well, we've done some shoots together and a lot of it was, was for fun, um, but working with other photographers um, on jobs, paying jobs, um, 
what advice can you, or I wouldn't say advice. What, what, what's it good about it? What's the bad about it? What can, what have you learned is about the same over all the boards kind of thing. If, if, if you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, I think you, you must be very aware, like, no, let me rephrase that. People skills are very important when it comes to being a model, because I mean, during season, I would shoot four or five times a week and every day you get on set, it's a completely different team. So I work with German clients most of the time, but like today I've shot with this team, I've built a relationship, we have a cool chemistry and you know, like it's after an hour or two it flows and then the next day you have to start all over again because often you don't know any person on set. It's amazing if you do start recognizing people and like I said, that you've worked with before. But I think be very aware to, to be observant as a model, to not come in there ever being the diva and wanting things your way, because <laughs> this is a pay job. Yeah. I mean, if I always say, if, if you want me to walk around in a Swartzak and that's what you, you pay me for, then that's part of my job. Exactly. I mean, there's obviously a line in terms of being appropriate and inappropriate. Um, but sometimes you wear clothes that you don't like. Like I remember I shot with a model once and she was very new and they put glasses on her and she, I, I was shocked. I was so shocked. And she just blatantly said, I don't like glasses. I don't look good with glasses. And the client just turned around and said, I don't care. <laughs> and, um, that was just, and you know, like it was kind of like, this is an Afrikaans, you would say Bexels. So, you know, like, yeah. that's the rule. This is your job. Do your job. So to just be aware of all the people on set and to very quickly sense, I spoke about it earlier, people's, let's call it vibe, that's the casual word. Some photographers are super jokey and chatty and, you know, they make jokes and others are super serious and perfectionists. So you kind of just need to be flexible and work around that. So if someone's chatty, be chatty. But if you see someone stressed and there's a time limit or the weather isn't playing along, don't be like irritating and chatting in someone's ear all the time when they're trying to get a shot or trying to get their lighting, lighting right. Mm. Um, and then also just being aware and listening as a model. So, I mean, if they, to- if they told you by the fourth time, please stop touching your hair, stop putting your hand in your hair, you should have picked that up by the first time. Yes. So ask, I would say also ask for direction and often... <laughs> Often you sit, so I remember recently I shot in a pool. So now I'm on a lilo in the pool. I can't really move. Mm. <laughs> and obviously after a few shots, all the, and I mean, German teams are big. So there's a creative this and a creative that and a this. So five or six people are standing behind the, what do you call it? Like a, a monitor yeah, yeah, where they yeah, can yeah. see the picture. Yes. And now you see different facial expressions coming out there and you start panicking. So I'm on stuck on the lilo. I can't see the pictures. I don't know, you know, what's going on. So instead of sitting there panicking, because now, for example, you see they're not happy, ask. Just say, yeah. hi, is there anything I can change? Are you not happy with this? And often, I promise, 90% of the time, it's not the model. It's they don't like the color of the water or they don't like that angle or they want the sunglasses, not those. And then immediately you are also calm and you know, okay, I'm not doing anything wrong or if they give you feedback. So that also helps the team to work with, you know, like I think teams remember that going, Oh, that was an easy goal to work with. Yes. She could take direction quickly. She can, you know, like she understands angles and things. 
So that would be my advice with different photographers. But, 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 um, I've but, worked but, with wonderful but, ones. I've worked with very, very difficult ones. Um, I think it comes down to, like I said, taking the direction and then knowing when to talk and when to zip it. But that advice goes through the board with any um, with any kind of thing in this space that you and I are, are doing. I, I do a lot of work with with farmers and in the agricultural sector at the moment, and it's exactly the same. And and even when I'm working with people, I I say to them, listen, I'm here as an extra pair of hands. If you want me to help you carry this or light the fire or whatever you need me to, I'm here as an extra pair of hands, and that also puts them them at ease that I'm not just here to get the money that I'm being paid for. I'm here to offer value to them and, mm -hmm. and apart from just the, the photos or the videos whatever I do for them afterwards mm -hmm. and I mean basic things for models as well being on time always having clean hair clean nails making sure your skin is looked after I've heard horror stories of how girls arrive on set they haven't washed, washed their hair in three days and still hung over from the previous night it's like this where they'll cut you and they'll never book you again so also just the basic things of being professional i mean you would know as well like yeah. people must i mean if the client is an hour late it's their problem you're still being paid for it but you can't be an hour late that's no. like a no-go yeah no it's it's absolutely crazy so um how many people stop stops you in the street at the moment to say hello marcel <laughs> well i left <laughs> <laughs> Just after the Bougie Kafra announcement, I left uh, four days later to New York and I came back straight into lockdown. So I haven't really seen people, yeah, to but, be honest. But even, but even um, before Bougie Kafra, because I know you've got quite a, quite a big local following um, um, on your social media. So, yeah, just out of curiosity. Um, so we live in the southern suburbs, which is a bit more English and... I, I don't know, people are a bit more aloof, if I'm allowed to say it, <laughs> where I, I find more in the northern suburbs or if I'm in small towns that people would just, would just come up and say hi, like especially if I'm in Tiger Valley or in Paul Mall, but it's also my hometown, Paul. Then people would come say hi or they would ask maybe for a picture, but I mean, it's, I mean I, it's not overwhelming ever to me. I mean, I think Miss South Africa was very good preparation for dealing with public attention and people kind of finding you inspiring. But people have warned me with, with Bushi Kafra, I think if it, if it starts airing, because yeah. now, you know, I've been introduced and I'm still the new face So people haven't gotten to know me really or, or how I'll presenting or they don't know my personality. So I think as soon as that starts airing, it might be, it might be a bit more public attention, but that's okay. That's that's part of the job. And I mean, I love people. I love meeting people. So that's something that excites me. So so obviously you knew about Bruce Kafro for a while. And two years ago, you said to me that you were in the, in the final for Bruce Kafro when Leah was announced. I remember that. Yes. And you said that you're not going to do it right now because you want to focus a bit more on your modeling and all that kind of stuff. So I presume that they've been chatting to you for a long time. Up until no, now. so I, I, I auditioned two years ago and I made it to the final round. I mean, it's always very confidential. So I have no idea who else were kind of auditioning. 
So, and then I didn't get it, but I had the feeling, I had a very strong gut feeling that I wasn't going to get it that year. But I mean, it's always been part of the dream to do TV presenting. And I, so I, I totally forgot about it. I didn't get it. I totally forgot about it. And it's very interesting. I came back from, from London in August last year when we started filing for the visa. And I auditioned for another show for another channel. I won't say names, but I auditioned for another show. Um, and I was kind of like, I was kind of set on, I think I'm going to get this and it's going to be a cool foot in the door. And eventually I didn't get it. And I was super disappointed. And I thought, oh my goodness, like maybe the TV presenting thing isn't for me. And it was two weeks later when the producer messaged me and she's like, listen, we're auditioning again. We really liked you two years ago. Do you want to audition again? So no, they, they weren't in conversation okay. with me for long. It was kind of just, they, they kind of informed me and I said, oh yes, yes, I'd love to. For me, I mean, my profile in the South African industry or the Afrikaans industry didn't really change. I mean, I didn't play in a soapy, I'm not a singer, and it's often the kind of profile that they like. So I was still, for me, I, I still thought, you know what, just see it as a learning experience, grow, ask for feedback. I love asking for feedback. So after my audition, I asked for feedback, and I thought, you know, maybe, maybe. So I was very, very surprised when I got it, to be honest. And the interesting feedback that I got was, because I kind of asked then, and I said, well, my profile didn't change that much, so why now and, you know, not two years ago? And they just said, I was very mature. I, I, I've grown as a person. My emotional intelligence, um, my maturity really stood out to them. And I think also for me, the underlying confidence came with the fact that I studied life coaching for two years. Mm -hmm. So I did my certificate and my diploma. And that's ultimately kind of what I'm trained to do, to ask questions, to really listen, to be interested in people. Because in my final audition, you need to interview someone. And it's not a prepared interview. It's someone given to you and you kind of have a topic and you need to interview someone. So I think the confidence that was, was there around or with the life coaching was really the ultimate just the nail in, in the coffin, but it's just hmm. that gave me the thumbs up. And um, then there was the long time to keep it a secret. That yeah, but, was but, very hard. Yeah, but, but in that often time, what, hmm? in that time, all these posts were going around on Facebook. Who's going to be the next presenters? It's <laughs> going to be this one and that one. And News 24 had this polls going and everything. <laughs> so what? How was it like sitting and, and looking at the stuff on Facebook? And you know, well, uh, sorry. <laughs> Ah, oh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I mean, they created such a hype around it. So I was, I wasn't complaining. I was like, oh well, it's great. I mean, the fact that people are so excited about the show and that something like the presenter is so important to them. And if you look at the the contestants, I mean, two of the girls that were in the final five have over twenty thousand followers, which is such a good sign to me because it it just shows how relevant the show is still and how mm. invested people are and how interested people are. I mean, if they, if, if they would post stuff about who's the new presenter and nobody replied, you know, that would have been sad. But the yes. fact that there was such a hype just, just shows how important the show is to people. And I think it's really, if we look at South African, especially Afrikaans show, I think Bushkafro is probably the, this is the Afrikaans immense show. Mm -hmm. And they feel, and that's beautiful to me. Like we get very passionate about it. 
but, but, so, even, but, but even I mean, no pressure to me <laughs> being the new presenter but I mean I'm excited and I'm going to make it my own but I think last year with with Boer Damien being on there I think the audience yeah. of Boerseke Fro grew so much just by him being on there that I think this year or this this coming season is going to be a, an interesting one mm. apparently um, with with um the latest show, and I mean, there's probably different reasons why, but there's a lot of English people starting to watch the show. Okay. And I saw a few people commenting, please, can you put English English um, subtitles on? Yeah. So I think that's a cool idea because yes. people, you know, like people are passionate about the show, but if they can't understand it, it's a bit tricky to watch it. So I think that could be a cool thing if we put subtitles um, at the bottom yeah. for and English people to also follow it. And, and also when, when the news broke, <laughs> my partner and myself were sitting in the bed in the morning and we were reading some of the comments and there's so many people that said, who's this Marcel girl who's the president? <laughs> it's, it's as if they didn't know about you. It's like you were this nobody coming out of nowhere to win this big yeah. race kind of thing. So that was, that was quite cool. <laughs> That was, I mean, I sat with the PR people because they're brilliant, there's brilliant people behind all the PR of this. And that was, and I knew that that was one of the kind of biggest um, points of critique. We knew that coming in because of the fact, like I said, that I'm not an Afrikaans singer and I, I'm not a soapy star. It all, it all depends on people's um, exposure. Yeah. So if you're not someone that's following models or know or watch Miss South Africa, you might have completely missed me. Um, but that's also part of the excitement that I am a new face. So it's a new opportunity for me. But all in all, I mean, I also read, so I, I didn't read all of it. I think it was yeah. a bit overwhelming at that yeah. point. I mean, people were still excited and they were still hopeful and there were a lot of people kind of correcting people who didn't know who I was. So it was wonderful to me. Like I just sat back and went, okay, cool. You figure it out. Um, and it's always like that, you know, people love the, the, um, the presenter that's on for those two years, but there's always critique with a new one. Every single time there were, there's a new presenter, people are upset about it and it should have been the, the previous one because we, we don't like change. Um, we like it to stay the same. So they warned me. They always said the last one was the best one. And then after the first season, they hopefully, hopefully will like me as well. And then when the next one comes up, they're going to be upset about that as well. So it's part of the, the cycle to keep it interesting. Yeah. And uh, I want to join on to that is um, back when Minky was appointed the, the presenter, everybody was just like, oh, it's this blonde model. Um, she's probably a dumb blonde, does know, and she was fantastic at her job. Um, and Amazing. It, it's, there's a stigma around um, models being, what, what do you, what's the good word in saying it, dumb? Um, yeah. And, and it's 90% of the time it's not true. So it's, you're a very clever girl. Um, and also, before I get to my question is now, any of the other people who wasn't running or in named in these polls? Have you heard about any of, any of them? Were they upset? Were they not upset? Uh, Skinner News in the grapevine? No, I mean, Skulk. I mean, I think people, Skulk, <laughs> beside note, had a strong support system behind him. And he just made this video. But it was obviously a general video because he didn't know it was going to be the presenter about the Nieuwe Gesichie. 
Yeah. <laughs> but no, no. I mean, people were were really very happy for me, and so many industry people sent me messages to congratulate me, and it was a wonderful surprise. So the day after I was announced, they organized three of the previous presenters to have breakfast with me in jo- in Johannesburg. So me, uh, Leon Minky was obviously Cape Town based. Mm. And they were so lovely and so supportive and they were so happy for me. And they, they, it's just, it means so much if people believe in you going, you know, like you're going to be great and we're here for you. Um, so no, I didn't get any negative comments from industry people. <laughs> okay. Now let's get to the negative comments thing. How do you, how do you handle negative comments on posts on stuff you do, um, the, the articles you write, inboxes you get because I'm pretty sure you'll get a lot of weird people sending you inboxes on Instagram and Facebook so how do you handle it and what advice have you got um, in handling those kind of things because I I personally think a lot of people look at a negative comment there will be 500 positive ones one negative one yeah. and they will get stuck on that and that will break the whole day going forward mm. So a week before the announcement, my dad uh, sent me a message and said he wants to have lunch with me because he wants to have, I'm going to say in Afrikaans, a like a gesprek. He wants to have a like a gesprek with me. And I knew, ooh, now it's coming. So we went for lunch and he said, my child, you have a lot of wonderful qualities and you bubbly and you this and you that. But one thing that's, that's now a negative thing is that I don't deal with um, critique very well. And I laughed and I said, it's true, but I think a lot of people can relate to say that we don't deal with critique well when it comes from our parents. Mm. Those are like the people that you always want to impress and you always want them to be proud of you. So when critique comes from them, it's really hard. But I kind of I think I was overprepared for negative critique with Boucher Gefro. And it's often like that. We stress about things not happen, like, and then it never actually happens. So, in t- in terms of negative, you know, comments, I always say, "There's this wonderful quote: If you won't take advice from someone, why would you take why would you take their critique to heart?" Yeah. So, I mean, with Bushika Frey, it was all just opinions. There was nothing I could do about it. Um, I'll first have to go on TV to really change someone's opinion, and if I don't, it's not my problem. It and was so wonderful the, the, for me the, the, to be in New York. The money's in the, the money's in the bank, so you don't need to change anybody's <laughs> opinion. <laughs> and that's the thing, Yavol. People are going to love you. Some people are going to love you, and some people are not going to like you. No matter what you do, what you say, they're just not going to like you, and that's fine. But being in New York just gave me such a good, just a fresh perspective. You know, like it's such a big city, and it's so busy, and you and you realize why would one person's you know, like negative comment, bother me. Like, what does it even matter what Tani Karin from, you know, like Kukunov <laughs> thinks about my hair? Like, it's honestly not important. No. I mean, I think if you get, um, what is it, up or bow in the critique, like uplifting yeah, critique, constructive criticism. I think there, there is space to learn from it. You know, if someone says, you know, you constantly say this word or you make this sound with your mouth, it's irritating. I think those are things you can work on. But what people think about what I'm wearing, what my hair looks like. Um, people freaked out on a Broadway interview because I said Meghan Markle's my role model. And I just thought, you know what? Screw that. She's my role model. She will always be. It's fine if you don't like her. 
um, I'm going to stick to my truth because I do really find her inspirational. So, I mean, I've been dealing with the social media thing for five years and there was a lot of critique, obviously, after Miss South Africa, during Miss South Africa. So I think, I mean, it sometimes is upsetting still and it does hurt, but then you just get over it. Like, yeah. just just flick it off the shoulder and, and go on. The fact that people are talking about you and have so many opinions kind of says that you're doing something right because you are clearly relevant to them. Yes. Um, and, and it's also social media has given the people a platform to talk about shit, to be honest. It's, they will find <laughs> something. now. They will find <laughs> you something. You have too much time. Yeah, they will find something to bitch and moan about. And, and I always joke and I said, if you, if you want to read, if you want to quickly gauge the level of IQ of the general population, you must go and read the comments on News 24's posts because you will very quickly see how the general population is out there. And it's because there's a screen in front of them or a phone in their mm -hmm. hand so they can type it and nobody will see what Tani Karina from Kukunab looks like. Um, mm. If Tani Karina from Kukunab stands in front of you, I promise you she's going to say, you know, my kind is more it, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's because yeah, it, and the it, sad thing is, we often comment when it's negative. Yeah. I don't know why. There's interesting psychology behind it, but I mean, we the moment if something's wrong or we don't like it, then then is when then people speak up. But when it's good and they do like it, they obviously they often don't say anything. You know, then it's just okay, whatever. So it's it's often when there's something to attack that people love to comment. Um, but you know, it's freedom of speech. Everyone has an opinion and now there's enough platforms for people to have opinions. So that's okay. Like I really, I've, I've interestingly enough, I've seen, because I write for the student of media feeling to enough once a month. And there's also a lot of people obviously uh, often commenting on, on these articles. And I've seen someone like Bo Bosch has personally replied to every comment and kind of like started conversations with people, which I think sometimes, it's dangerous. And, uh, it catches people off guard because they don't think you're going to reply. They're like, oh, oh goodness, this person's actually read the <laughs> comment. I don't, I don't really engage. Yeah. Um, if I really feel, you know, something, you know, like somebody's asking me a question, I would, I will reply. But, you know, negative comments, it's an opinion. I leave it there. I, I, I don't have the energy to, to kind of start a debate with every person having something to say. But also, you've been you've been around long enough, like you say, five years, is that you've grown a thick skin for this, mm. and, and mm. a negative comment now versus a negative comment in twenty fifteen had a completely different effect on you, prob probably. I, I would I would expect yes, so. yes, and Bill, that's an interesting thing. I mean, we all have good and bad days. So, on a good busy day when I'm on a shoot and you know I'm preparing for the next time. One, you often don't even see some of the comments. And then you have two or three days where you're a bit of a dip and you're not working and you're kind of having a little, am I doing the right thing with my life? Because all freelancers <laughs> have that very often. And then, you know, a very innocent comment can actually get to you. So it all depends on in what mind spaces you kind of are in. And, and that's okay. Sometimes a comment's going to hurt and it's okay. Like be sad about it and deal with it in your way. You know, go you know, go gym to get it out of the system, talk to someone, and then the next day it's fine again. So 
I mean, yes, I do have a thick skin, but I'm not going to say that I'm completely immune against yeah. bad comments. It can always hurt. It's just do not let it derail you. Okay. Then um, we've just gone over an hour, so I think we should um, – It's always, it's, I, I can carry on the whole day. I've got no problem doing that. Yeah. Um, but what kind of advice would you give to to girls and guys that want to get into into the modeling into the modeling sphere and get into this kind of industry, um, especially school girls, because you've been with me with the Mr. and Mrs. Worcester Gymnasium um, judging. There's a lot of those girls that think they want to be a model one day, even though you probably know that they won't, they're not tall enough or any of those kind of things. But <clears throat> what kind of advice would you give to somebody that could possibly have a career in this industry? Sure. The thing is with a lot of girls in high school still, uh, let's take the example of, of Worcester. You must realize you're quite, a, you're quite far away from Cape Town where everything's happening. So you must also be realistic in terms of is there infrastructure or a support system, a mom or a dad that can actually take you to castings? Because there's no point in signing with a modeling agency when you're 16 but you never have the mm. capacity to actually go to castings because then mom pays 5,000 Rand for your test shoot that you're in any way going to have to reshoot in, in two years' time when you can actually go to castings. So in school, make sure that you are actually able to go to castings. But most of the time I would say, like, start when, you, start when you're done with high school. Have fun in high school. Don't worry too much about modeling. And then after school, you can start. My advice would be to always be on top of trends, to, to see what's going on, because often girls do tests, and it's not on par with what's kind of wanted at the moment in terms of how a test should look like. I mean, modeling is so far removed from pageants. It's minimal makeup, super simplistic hair. That's very trendy at the moment, like the no makeup, makeup look. Um, so to do research, ask questions, I've learned so much throughout my life uh, by sending people that I don't even know a message asking, can I please, can I take you out for a coffee? Send other models messages, ask for their advice. Just be as informed as you possibly can be. And then also I often get moms coming to talk to me after my motivational speaking um, events and they say, Sunny, Sunny needs to do modeling because, you know, like she has issues with her self-esteem and this is going to be like a confidence boost for her. And I always say, no, that is the worst thing you can do for your daughter. So if you want to do modeling, like you really need to have a rock solid self-esteem because I am telling you someone like me that kind of, I mean, I think I stand for confidence and good self-esteem. Even my boat is often rocked. So it's not an easy industry. It's not a feel-good industry that I can promise people. So just be, just know who you are. That's my best advice. Do a lot of research and know who you are. I had a, I had a, a mom ask me to do a shoot for her daughter f to make like a little oh. portfolio. And she said to me, she, she's got a good following on social media. I think like 10 or 15,000 followers. Um, no. High school, well, she's first year studying now. So she said to me that there's already brands coming to on Instagram saying that they wanted to be a, like a brand ambassador and give her clothes and all sorts of stuff. And should she, should she carry on doing that kind of stuff for an income, like become an Instagram type of model, influencer type thing, or go 
to the traditional way to a modeling agency and get work that way. So I said to her, well, if she becomes, well, this is my opinion, if she becomes an influencer, which is a crappy word in any way, um, she, can, she can choose who she wants to work with. If she goes the traditional yeah. way and if a brand casts you that you don't like, for instance, like you said, you might not like to wear glasses, but sorry, girl, you've, that's your job today. Um, mm. And another thing she said to me, one of these brands approached her and she sent me the link and I went to look and it was a, it was a, a Christian clothing company. So I replied and I said, listen, we, if you're going to do this, you must see who you're going to be an ambassador for. So if you are a Christian clothing company, now you're the face of this brand and you are tonight mm -hmm. in New Bar and you get a, have a couple of shooters and you dance on the counter and people take pictures of you, you're not going to be the character anymore. And then that's mm -hmm. going to be more damaging to you as an influencer or, or self-brand than what it is. In, in any other way. So you also, they also need to be very careful. And I think a lot of the girls, the high school girls has got good followings that getting these um, requests from uh, brands to be influencers, they don't know these kind of things. Um, mm. That they need to be careful who they be and who they, who they are an ambassador for. Mm. I think just quickly to answer on that, what my thoughts, I think you can be both. I mean, you can be with a modeling agency and do some of your own yeah. social media collaboration. So you don't have to necessarily split it. The thing I just want to say about social media collaborations or being an influencer, I've said no to so many things that's been offered to me. And there's often money involved because the one thing that I just want to say is that you need to be, it needs to be authentic. You yes. need to believe in this brand that you're selling. I mean, how is it, I would feel so bad if I'm trying to sell something or advertising something that I don't even like or I don't believe in. Mm. So that's the only thing, like, if you want to do the Christian clothing, great, but really believe in that and then live the brand yes. to, to yes. the base, uh, the base of Fania Because so, so often there's so many influences, like every single post is something they're selling. Also, people are going to stop believing you and they're going to stop trusting you because they know this is just for money. Like, this copy is amazing and then this is amazing and that, like, really, like, rather work with a, a small amount of brands but people that you really, really believe in because that's when people will buy into it. Yes, for sure, for sure. Okay, but Marcel, I think um, we've had a good chat. Is there anything you want to chat about still or mention or... No, it was like great. I feel super energized. The extrovert in me loved the connection. So thank you for inviting me, dear Walt. I appreciate it. No, it's been it's been fantastic, and um, yeah, we'll we'll chat again. And I'm I'm I can't wait for Bushikafro to start. I think it's going to be a completely new breath of fresh air in the in the first in the brunette community. ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Okay, what's okay, it? Thank you so much. Bye, thank um, you. Thank you for your time. Let's see if we can drink a coffee. Is it right? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Okay. Thanks, Marcel. That has been amazing as always. Um, yeah, I'm going to be converting this to a podcast later on and should be up soon. And I'm busy working on the one I did with Jay yesterday, so that will be out um, a bit later today. So. Thanks, guys. Tune in again for tomorrow. I've got another interesting one coming up. All right. Cheerio. Bye.